Good evening. Goodbye Forever by Nat Chang Rinpoche, Chapter 19, Part 2. Dujan Rinpoche told me that he would help me with the development I needed, but that it would require some years before fruition would occur. First, it was necessary that I practice more specifically to establish the ground from which my childhood visions could be of value. He told me that he had dwelt upon the nature of Kandro Kamo and that she also had the name Garuda who tastes the primordial R. She was a Terton. She had taken Jalu earlier in the century. I had been her son in my previous life. My name had been Aro Yeshe. That was what he knew at the present time, but when he knew more, he would tell me. He said that Tertong Aro Lingma was known to him and had been known by Dujum Lingpa, but no Lama to whom he had spoken had heard of her apart from Kyabje Dilgo Kyentse Rinpoche, who had said that he had heard the name many years before as a yogini who had realised Jalu in southern Tibet. Dilgo Kyentse Rinpoche had known no other details. Dujum Rinpoche told me that I should go out around the Churton and make a few circumambulations. Whilst doing so, I should acquire a Damaru and a Dorje and Drilbu and bring them back to him. I found a small wooden Damaru and a nine-pronged Dorje and Drilbu set. I don't know what attracted me to the nine-pronged set, but Dujum Rinpoche was delighted by the choice and explained that this variety was good for a Nakpa to use. He said that the Damaru was nothing special, but that it was sturdy and well-made. He advised me to make my own Chupan, as decent Chupans were hard to find. But before that, I could get one made by one of the Tibetan tailors who made the brocade tanker frames. He then showed me how to use the Dorje, Drilbu and Damaru in the practice of Dorje Tsigdam, the seven-line song of Padmasambhava. It was not coincidental that, thus equipped, I began to have dreams again. Dreams I remembered from my childhood reappeared as if they had remained somewhere unchanged whilst I was otherwise occupied. One day Dujum Rinpoche asked me to recount what I remembered of my childhood dreams and visions. I told him about the return of a childhood dream. It was the dream of the White Lady. Rinpoche asked me whether I had told anyone about the dream and I told him that beyond my parents, I had never told anyone apart from Steve Bruce, that he had died. He told me it was good that no one living knew about it and that I should never discuss my dreams with anyone but himself and Dilgo Kyentse Rinpoche. He told me that I would have further dreams and that I should keep a careful record of all their details, but that in the meantime, I should complete the Nundros. The completion of the Nundros would establish the basis for what the dreams would reveal in the future. 
This was mysterious, and I wanted to ask what it portended. But Rinpoche told me that it was better not to discuss anything in detail until later. It would create obstacles, he told me, if too much was said of my dreams. Dujum Rinpoche seemed to know exactly what would unfold, but he would only provide a synopsis on this occasion. What he felt useful to tell me was that I was to inherit Arolingma's terma, her cycle of teachings, and that these would manifest at a future time when I had created the auspicious circumstances for their revelation. I was content to leave my many subsequent questions unasked. My second task was to have robes made. I was to find a tailor and the tailor would tell me how much fabric to buy. I would have to go to Tamil to buy the fabric as there was nowhere in Boda at that time where fabric could be purchased. I was to have a white robe skirt and a red waistcoat. Robes. A month before I had been looking for a Nakpa whom I would recognise by his Gurkachanglo robes and now I was shopping for fabric from which my own robes could be made. This was entirely unexpected. This was a possibility that I had not imagined. I was already long-haired, but now I was never again to cut my hair. I bought the fabric, the robes were made, and I was soon to be wearing them, consequent to receiving empowerment from Dujum Rinpoche that would authenticate my appearance as a member of the Gurkachanglo Day. Dujum Rinpoche was to give me the 14 root vows and all the ancillary vows, as well as the full empowerment of Tromanakmo. The 14 root vows of Vajrayana are 1. Never denigrating the Lama 2 never denigrating the Lama's teaching. Three, never harbouring animosity toward Tantrikas. Four, never deviating from acting for the benefit of all beings. Five, never distorting the spatial essences through sexual aberrance. Six, never denigrating the teachings and paths of other spiritual systems. 7. Never revealing tantric teachings to those who are not ready to receive them. 8. Never viewing the five elements of the psychophysical body as impure or defiled. 9. Never developing doubt about the inner tantras in oneself or others. 10. Never failing to act in potentially disastrous situations. 11. Never holding the four philosophical extremes, monism, dualism, nihilism and eternalism. 12. Never refusing to teach those who seek instruction. 13. Never refusing to partake of the symbolic meat and alcohol offerings. 14. Never mentally or verbally denigrating the other gender. 
The first three vows were accompanied by the wearing of the white shantab, the Gurkha Chunglo shawl and yogic waistcoat. The fourth vow required bell and vajra rings. Then there were other requirements, such as saving combed out hair as symbols of powers for women and khandros for men. The next time I saw Dujan Rinpoche, he told me that I would need to study Vajrayana, but that there were too few books in English and sometimes they contained errors. There seemed to be many books on Sutra, but little on Tantra and nothing on Dzogchen. Someone had quoted from these books on Tantra and he'd had to tell them they were in error. Dujum Rinpoche knew that my time in the East was limited and that my time in Nepal was shorter still. He had contemplated my situation and he saw that much of my learning would need to come from my own visionary experience. He told me that, with practice, I would come to know what I needed to know over a period of time and that when my practice and knowledge had ripened, visions would arise that were complete in themselves. Before then, however, I would gain memories of previous incarnations. I would need to return to Nepal to see him as soon as my art degree course was completed. He would then give me more detailed instructions as I would be able to stay for a longer period. I asked whether I should simply abandon my art education, but he shook his head. He said that this was good because it showed my seriousness, but that qualifications were needed in the West if one were to earn a living. One could be an itinerant yogi in the East, but not in the West. I explained that I was used to manual labour, but at this he laughed, explaining that this was fine for a young man, but that I too would grow older. Then many bricks carrying every day, not possible. Dujan Rinpoche had asked me about the labouring work in which I'd engaged to take me out to the Himalayas and had seemed unusually interested in what I told him about hodding. He had made a joke about my being like Milarepa, but concluded that it would not be necessary for me to work as hard as that. He considered that the experience of hodding would prove highly beneficial in terms of performing the hundred thousand prostrations and that I would develop even more strength than I already had. It seemed delightfully whimsical that Dujum Rinpoche should have such a marked appreciation of physical strength. And more so when he asked Sering Dorje to investigate the biceps in my right arm. Sering Dorje seemed impressed and Dujum Rinpoche told me that it was good that I was strong because I would need to be strong in body, speech and mind. When obstacles arising, much strength needing, much, much strength needing. Dujum Lingpa, many, many obstacles, overcoming necessary. Great strength is needed when Mika dominating. Silence for a moment. Then he continued, 
Yeah, Mika will be dominating. Much Mika. For almost two cycles of years, Mika will make obstacles. But then, he beamed, Mika finished. Then all joy is coming. Twenty-four years of slander, disparagement, vilification and calumny. Or maybe just malicious gossip. I thought of asking why, but felt somehow that this was not a question I could ask. If Dujan Rinpoche thought I should know, he would tell me. He knew everything there was to know, and so asking would seem discourteous. It would also make me seem nervous, self-protective. It felt stronger simply to accept that I'd be bad-mouthed for a while. What did it matter what the subject matter might be? To ask could only come from some notion that it was possible to avoid Mika. So I simply assumed that it could not be avoided. The next time I saw Kyabjai Dujam Rinpoche, I asked him about Dujam Lingpa. Kyabjai Dujam Rinpoche Jigdal Yeshe Dorje's incarnation line is a wonder and inspiration to all who receive teachings from him. He told me about his life with additional materials supplied by the translator. I had plunged into another world, yet felt at home there. I felt natural in Bodhana, but did not understand why. It was almost dreamlike. Such events occur in dreams. One could find oneself in places one had never visited and act as if one lived there. One could be conversing with Eskimo, husky sled riot, husky sleigh riot riders in an Arctic blizzard. One could find oneself in movies or scenes in novels without questioning the situation. In dreams, everything was accepted as it was, unless they were lucid dreams. Bodhanath felt somewhat like a lucid dream. There was no resistance. Visions were spoken of as events that were as real. Dujam Rinpoche was familiar with the nature of hallucination and assured me that my visions had not been hallucinations. He told me that some of my dreams were good, but not entirely reliable. Other dreams had been dreams of clarity, and he clarified the difference according to his own insight. I went to bed entirely delighted at the end of each day in which I had spent time with Dujam Rinpoche.